Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service, which is already underway, and listen to the message. Come on, can we give him some praise tonight for what he's doing in this place? Come on, he's moving in this place, but he's not done yet. Come on, if you need a miracle, we just heard it. If you need a miracle in this place, whether it's a healing, whether it's a financial miracle, you need God to put your family back together. He can move in this place. He's moving in this place. He's moving in your life tonight. We see in Genesis when when God created the heavens and the earth, we see that the Bible opens up. And we see that the, the earth was dark. It was without form and void. There was just darkness. Kind of sound like what's going on right now in our world. But the Bible says, right after we read about the darkness, that the Spirit of the Lord moved. And there was light. We see the Bible begins in darkness. You read all the way then to Revelation. We see the lights of heaven that it ends with. Y'all, if you can make it through the middle, there's going to be light at the end of the tunnel. I promise you, whatever you're going through right now, God has a plan. God is taking you through this for a purpose. You might be in darkness right now, but the Spirit has showed up tonight, and there's some light coming into your situation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Musicians, singers, thank you so much. You may make your way back to your seats tonight. Thank you so much for your worship. All of the pastors and leaders here tonight, I honor you if we could remain standing. If I got to stand for right now, y'all can stand for a little bit more. I want to honor all of our pastors. Our host pastor, Pastors Ellis. Thank you for allowing us to crash tonight and kick off this rally season. I kept pestering him to come preach, and he said, you got to practice more, practice more. So I practiced more, and I said, I think I'm ready. And he said, well, practice more, so I practiced more. I said, Pastor, I'll come preach for free. He said, all right, you're ready. Come on. I love Pastor Ellis. I know we can. We, he's a great guy. I appreciate it. I honor him and his wife tonight. I did see several other pastors tonight. I'm going to get in trouble if I start naming them and don't recognize somebody. Um, I want to honor a couple other people here tonight. I saw one of our, Travis Dibble, our cousin. Good to see you, sir. Thanks for coming out, hanging out from from IBC. Blaze from from my section, Section 7, hanging out with us tonight. And I do want to honor my my wife as well. Um, Two weeks ago, we celebrated our our 10-year anniversary, Friday night. Preaching a Move the Mission rally in Section 1. I I took her to Barberton for our 10-year anniversary. And I love you. I, I told the kids that night, I said, there is no other place I'd rather, we would rather be than with a bunch of kids on a Friday night talking about the things of God. This is our passion. This is what we, 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 we love to do. So, honey, I, I honor you. Congratulations on putting up with me for 10 years. And I look forward to the next 100 we have together. Amen. Amen. I did see Reese running around here. Reese, y'all, Reese 
is from my church. I'm so honored that Reese would come all the way down here to hear his student pastor preach. He even brought a camera with him to like document this moment. You'd think, you think you hear enough of me back home, but I guess there's a woman here or something. I'm not sure. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 4, beginning at verse 16. Luke chapter 4, beginning at verse 16. You heard it tonight. My name is Corey Boyd. I'm the Ohio District Youth Director of Promotions. And uh, it's, it's an honor to serve the young people, the great young people of the greatest state in the world, if I, in, the, in, in, in the country, if I can say that. All right. There you go. OH, baby. That's what I'm talking about. See, I'm originally from Wisconsin. Did you just hear that? Wisconsin. It just My Wisconsin just came out there. But I converted from a badger to a, a buckeye very quickly. So, amen. Luke chapter 4, beginning at verse 16. I'm also a registered nurse. So, young person, you can go to school and still be using ministry. I'm okay with that. So, he came to, Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to anybody. Anybody else just sing that when you read that, that heaven on earth song. Every time I read this passage, I just want to sing it. But you guys would give to move the mission for me to not sing. So we will not sing tonight. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. I can just see this this level of curiosity and just wonder and awe as these people were looking at Jesus. Talking about, you guys ever had an awkward stare down with somebody at like a restaurant or a store? It's just like, we like like that awkward three seconds where you you just lock eyes. It's like, okay, we're going to move on. It's kind of what happened. And I think Jesus senses what's happening here. And he began to say to them, today, If you were wondering, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. For a few moments tonight, with the help of the Lord, I want to preach on a simple thought. Our move the mission, for those of us that remember she's for Christ, I'm I'm thankful let's move the mission because I don't have to explain what a sheave is anymore. She's for Christ. What is, what are you guys, you guys, sheeps for, no, not, no, sheeps, no. Sheets? No, we're not, no, we're not. That's Mother's Memorial. They get all the clothes. <laughs> Move the mission. So if I happen to say she's for Christ at any point, please forgive me because this is, this is the first year. Move the mission is actually she's for Christ. And so I'm going to do my best to always say move the mission when I refer to this program tonight. But for a few moments, I want to preach simply this. Our, 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 our theme is move the mission. I want to preach, don't miss the mission. 
move the mission. Don't miss the mission. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for the beautiful presence of the Lord that we feel in this place today. Lord, we know that when you show up, anything is possible. And we thank you for what you've already done in this place. And Lord, give me wisdom tonight. I'm asking you that you would open up my mouth and let me be a, a, a messenger of the, the gospel of Jesus Christ tonight. I know you have given me a word, oh, oh God. Let me communicate this with excellence tonight. Let me unload the burden of the word of God that you have placed on me. Lord, let us be moved to move your mission. Let us be challenged to move the mission tonight, God. Help us tonight to not miss the mission. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. High five or air five, two or three people. And you can be seated. I will stay standing if that's okay with you. On July 29th, 1958, Congress passed legislation establishing the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, a civilian agency responsible for coordinating uh, America's activities in space. NASA has since sponsored space expeditions, both human and mechanical, that have yielded vital information about the solar system and the universe as we know it today. It has also launched numerous Earth-orbiting satellites that have been instrumental in everything from weather forecasts Forecasting to navigation to global communications. And in May of 1961, President John F. Kennedy d- declared that America should put a man on the moon by the end of the decade. And on July 20th, 1969, NASA's Apollo 11 mission achieved that goal and made history when astronaut Neil Armstrong became the first person to set foot on the moon, famously declaring that's one small step for man. You guys remember your history class. 50 years ago, NASA pioneered a path to the moon. The trail that was blazed cut through the systems of science and showed the world what was possible. And today, NASA's call to explore is even greater. To go deeper in space, they must be able to sustain missions of greater distance and duration. And they must be continually able to move the mission forward. They must use the resources that they find at their destinations. They must overcome radiation isolation, gravity, extreme environments like they've never seen before. And the charge of NASA is simply this, to go quickly and to press their collective efforts forward to allow them to return to the moon in greater ways than 50 years ago. Ladies and gentlemen of Section 6, as we launch this 2021 Move the Mission campaign, let me pause and remind us tonight that we are living in a day and age where we are, are having to overcome more than we have ever had to overcome before. Isolation has never been such a problem as it is now. People would rather stay inside than be in the community. We as the church are living in a culture that says if you don't agree with it, cancel it. If you don't agree with it, shut it down. If you don't agree with it, label it as hate speech. Fear has gripped the hearts and minds of those sitting in our pews and our congregations and has tried to stifle giftings and callings and anointings. 
We've had to learn to breathe through physical mask and, and spiritual mask of vitriolic hate uh, and political unrest. Uh, but I have come with some good news for section six tonight. Uh, that as long as we got Jesus uh, on our side, uh, everything uh, is going to be all right. It doesn't matter how bad the storm might seem. It doesn't matter how dark the night may seem. It doesn't matter how painful your trial may be. As long as we got Jesus on the inside, everything is going to be all right. I'm reminded what Paul said to the church of Rome. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us. If God before us, who can be against us? He goes on to say, in all these things, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Our world doesn't need more opinions. It needs more Jesus. Our world doesn't need more experts. It needs more Jesus. Our world doesn't need more censorship. It needs more relationship with Jesus. The power of walking with Jesus every day. Being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Being baptized in Jesus' name. Ladies and gentlemen, it will absolutely revolutionize your world. The Spirit shows up to bring light to the darkness. And when you are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, you are filled with the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. When you're baptized in Jesus' name, his blood covers your sins and you are raised to walk in a new life and you have access to the power of the name of Jesus. I don't care how messed up you are. I don't care how drug addicted you might be. I don't care how rebellious you are. I don't care what you do. I don't care who your mama is. I don't care what side of the tracks you're from. Jesus showed up. My Bible says that when I was still sinning, Christ died for me. Come on, as long as you got Jesus, I've come to declare everything in your life is going to be all right take this whole world but give me Jesus the mission of Jesus what we read in our text we got a little bit of a glimpse into the mission don't miss the mission for us to have the Holy Ghost tonight for us to have the power of the name of Jesus access to the blood of Jesus that is why Jesus came That was the mission of Jesus. Our text describes one of the earliest events in the life of Jesus. Jesus was, in in, in his ministry, I I, I should say, Jesus had just spent 40 days in the wilderness facing the devil himself. Y'all know any? Y'all know any devils? Don't turn to your neighbor. Facing the devil himself. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 4, Luke 4 and, and, and 14, That Jesus returns to Galilee in the power of the Holy Ghost. 
And you have to remember that the Bible also tells us that Jesus, after his baptism, and, and, and there was that incredible spiritual encounter, the Bible says that the Spirit led him into the wilderness. And so we see the Spirit leading Jesus into the wilderness. And we see that after the wilderness, he emerged full of the Spirit. And I know there's times where our decisions and, and the things we do, we are human, we're teenagers, we're dumb, we make dumb decisions, we're 30-year-olds, we're dumb, we make, we make dumb decisions, we're, we're 70-year-olds, we make, we're dumb, we make dumb decisions, it's called being human. And there's some times where our actions and our decisions lead us into the wilderness, but there's also times where the Spirit Himself is going to lead us into the wilderness. So we see the Spirit lead Jesus into the wilderness. And we see Him emerge full of the Spirit. What are you trying to say tonight? I'm trying to tell you this. That that your wilderness does not prevent you, does not exclude you from being full of the Holy Ghost. Going through the wilderness doesn't mean it's okay for you not to be prayed up. For you not to be full of the Holy Ghost. The enemy knows that it's in the wilderness where you wrestle with the calling. It's in the wilderness that you wrestle with with the anointing. It's in the wilderness that you wrestle, Pastor, with the plan of God for your life. It's in the wilderness that you wrestle with the mission. If the enemy had it his way, he would have won that, that day. And who knows, none of us may have been sitting here today. The enemy attacked, when, when, when the enemy attacked Jesus, the enemy attacked the mission. Every time he attacked Jesus, he attacked the mission. Turn these stones into bread. Jesus, make the mission about you. Hey, hey, Jesus, see all these kingdoms, all you got to do is worship me and I'll give it to you. Make the mission about you. Hey, Jesus, throw yourself off these buildings. Let, let, let's just see what your word is. Let's just say if your word is going gonna, is gonna to hold up. Make the mission about you. And young person, if you are not careful, the enemy would love for your mission, your mission, to become his mission rather than his mission becoming your mission. If you, if you try to move your kingdom... If you try to move your brand, if you try to move your agenda, you're not going to have room for his plan and for his will and for his agenda and for his mission. So we see in Luke chapter 4, Jesus coming out of the wilderness and he comes into the church and, and, and he, he opens up the book of Isaiah and he wasn't told uh, what to read. There was, no, there was nobody saying, okay, last, last week Brother John left off on here and uh, we're, you know, we're going to pick up here. No, the Bible says that he turned. He found where the book, uh, where, where the prophet had, had written. And we get a little glimpse into the mission of Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty all those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year 
of the Lord. And Jesus that day made a bold declaration to those uh, that were listening, those that were within the sound of his his voice, uh, because he was full of the Spirit. Uh, And when you are full of the Spirit, uh, you can make bold statements in the Holy Ghost. When they saw the boldness of of the apostles, they knew they had been with Jesus. And so Jesus says, all right, everybody, listen up. This is my mission. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I am anointed to preach the gospel. I have been sent to heal the brokenhearted. I've been sent to set the captives free, to open up blinded eyes, to break every chain of oppression, and to proclaim that the the year of the Lord is now. And let me echo the words of Jesus to those listening that day. And young person, this is your mission should you choose to accept it tonight. Uh, I've come to tell you that the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. Uh, You are anointed to preach the gospel in your home in your school in your job wherever you go preach this gospel like you've never preached it before you have been sent to be the hands and feet of Jesus you have been sent to break chains of oppression you have been sent to proclaim that now is the year of the Lord don't miss the mission Turn your neighbor and say, don't miss the mission. There are some of the greatest sermons that are sitting in this room that have ever been preached. Several times in Jesus' life, we see that he was a man on mission. He was a man on mission. He had a purpose. Pastor Urshan, he lived it. He was intentional about what he did. You're talking about making somebody nervous, a young preacher getting up here, and Joel Urshan sitting in the audience. God have mercy. Y'all, I remember Pastor Urshan came to Wisconsin years, years ago, came preach senior camp. We had no idea what we had then. We had no idea. For those of you that go in his church, please don't take your pastor for granted because this man is anointed. He's got some wisdom. You know what, let me just stop right here and make a blanket statement. Young person, your pastor should be your favorite pastor that you ever hear preach. Ah, uh, oh, we got our youth pastor. We got Pastor Corey preaching again tonight. Oh, just something. Hey, do not take your youth, your youth student staff and your youth pastors for granted. Don't take your pastor for granted. We see that Jesus had a life of intentionality. Even at a young age, we see that uh, he, he knew he must be about his father's business. We see him say that in Luke chapter 2 and 49. Remember when Mary and Joseph lost Jesus? Imagine getting to heaven and having that, that encounter. Judgment day comes. Yeah, okay. All right, Mary. Oh, Mary. Okay, yeah, my, my mother. Joseph, is that? You guys remember when you lost me? Yeah, let's go back and remember that a little. Hey, that just that gives me hope. That gives me hope, Pastor Anthony, because I know that if I leave a student somewhere at a rest stop, they're going to be okay. Because if Jesus was left behind somewhere, he turned out all right. Okay, I was going to say, any students ever been left Any youth pastors ever left some kid behind? <laughs> Knock on wood, I've never done that. 
But if you get left behind, that's okay. Jesus was left behind too, and he was one of the most powerful men. He was the most powerful man we ever, we ever had. Now, that's not a free pass to leave that one kid behind that you wish you could. Make the parents drive two hours to go pick them up because you forgot them. Even in the face of death, Jesus was on mission. The Bible tells us that in uh, Luke chapter 9 and 51, Jesus was getting ready to go back to Jerusalem. And the Bible says that when it came to pass, when the time had come for him to be received up, when, when Jesus was getting ready to start that Passion Week, that, that, that his, his betrayal and his torture and his sacrifice, that he steadfastly set his face to go to the mission. Because it was in Jerusalem where the mission was getting ready to be completed. Where his mission was going to end and our mission was going to begin. He set his eyes steadfastly. I'm not going to bore you with the Greek, but I like to study Greek when I'm preparing messages. Call me weird. Blue letter Bible, table, and the greatest things ever invented. Means to stabilize or to fix one's gaze. The actual word is sterizo. Where we get that, that stare intently. We, I'm not talking about a kind of stare where you look at your, your TV after somebody unplugs your game where you almost win. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this, this was a gaze that, that you were on his mind when he was looking at Jerusalem. Jesus looked at the mission and said, I'm not going to let comfort cause me to miss the mission. I'm not going to let ease cause me to miss the mission. I'm not going to let complacency cause me to miss the mission. Come on, there's a young person that might have to say, I'm not going to let distractions cause me to miss the mission. I'm not going to let a relationship cause me to miss the mission. I'm, I've got to get the mission. I can't miss the mission. I've got to move the mission forward. Jesus is still connected to the mission. He's still today engaged with the mission. He's very much involved with the mission. There are lost and dying people all around you, wherever you go, that need to hear about this man named Jesus. Hell is too hot for us to forget about the mission. Life is too short for us to lose focus on the mission. Don't miss the mission. Don't miss the mission. How about a young man by the name of David, who at the time was not king, but he was instructed to deliver food to the battlefield. He was told by his father, take this food to your brothers who were fighting in the valley of Elah. It's a fun word to say if you've never said Elah. Elah. Yeah, somebody say that. Go ahead, say that. 
See, now everybody said it, all right? Now, isn't that fun? I tell, I, I, I'm weird, y'all. I promise you. <clears throat> the Bible says Israel at the time had a cowardly king by the name of Saul who was facing a giant in the valley of Elah. It seems as if this king had forgotten to move the mission and now is focused on simply holding his position. Goliath was tormenting and taunting the people of God. Nobody wanted to fight him. Nobody was brave enough to step out and move the mission. Nobody was brave enough to step out and be a man. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. I heard that over here. But listen, David showed up and heard the defying taunts of the, of the giant. And some holy indignation began to rise up in his spirit. You know the story. He puts the stone in the sling and he lets that stone go. Hey, he says, hey, Goliath, you might come at me with, with the sword and the spirit, but I'm coming at you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. And he winds up, he lets that puppy go, and that stone sinks into the forehead of God, that giant, and the giant falls, and Israel chases the Philistines out of the valley, and God gave Israel great victory that day. All because one young person made up in their mind, I have had enough of the enemy's taunts. David was tired of hearing the enemy talk bad about his pastor. He was tired of his friends bad-mouthing his youth pastor. He was tired of the enemy lying about the church. He was fed up with being fearful. He was tired of living in anxiety. He was tired of the enemy lying to his family. He was tired of being in a country that had missed the mission. He was tired of dealing with a king that had forgotten about the mission. Listen to me. David was tired of being a part of a movement that knew more about being comfortable than they did about being conqueror. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus did not come so that you could cope with your problems. Jesus came so that you could conquer your problems. David may have had too much. He, he, he just said, I've, I've had it. I'm fed up with it. I'm fed up with it. He may not have had a lot when he met that giant, but he was comfortable using what God had placed in his hand. Well, come on. See, when you get comfortable at using what God puts in your hand, there's, there's a season where he's going to let you get used to that, let you learn that, that weapon, learn that gifting, learn that calling. And when the time comes for you to be tested and you use what God gives you, there's a season of elevation that happens next. Watch this. He takes care of the giant with the sling. And the next thing we see, the giant falls. He drops the sling and picks up the sword. I'm telling you what, young person, when you are comfortable moving the mission, God is going to elevate you to a place that you never knew was possible. 
That was a little bit of some foreshadowing because a sling was the weapon of a shepherd, but a sword was the weapon of a king. David said, I'm not going to miss the mission. Turn to your neighbor and say, you might miss the mission, but I ain't going to miss the mission. Music, would you come? November 2020, this past November, there was a young man by the name of Chris Nickich who underwent the most grueling races known to mankind. You can, you can put Chris's uh, picture up there. Anybody ever, anybody ever seen this story, read this story? This, this young guy named, named Chris. He underwent the most grueling, one of the most grueling physical races, the Ironman race. Anybody ever ran an Ironman? Do we have any Ironmen in here? No? No, not Ironmen. Not, not, because I don't even do that. I make my wife iron all my clothes. I'm not even an Ironman. <clears throat> the Ironman race, you have to complete this race in 17 hours. It consists of a 2.4 mile swim. I'm out. A 112 mile bike ride. And then a nice little 26.2 light jog to finish out the race. Many of us would have difficulty running a single mile. Chris had some other challenges to face. It wasn't necessarily the lack of preparation. He only, but I mean, we, we, we know he really trained hard for only about 10 months. It wasn't the climate that, that was a challenge for him. It wasn't where he was training. But as you can see, Chris has Down syndrome. And early on, if you study, or if you, if you look at Chris's his, uh, story, at the age of five months, he underwent open heart surgery, and he was constantly in the hospital with infection after infection and, and after infection, cardiac issues. By the time he was the age of five, he had had four major ear surgeries and countless therapy sessions just to learn how to hold a fork. But Chris's father said, Chris... You are going to do something special, son. And in 2017, Chris's father discovered a Special Olympics triathlon program. And what started as a father and son bonding experience, that they would just spend time together and, and have just have all day together, it turned into a way of life. When, it was, when, it, when Chris started training, he could barely swim the length of a small pool. He could barely hold on to a bike and, and maintain his balance. But he had a mission. In early 2020, Chris's dad found a 15 Ironman veteran by the name of Dan Greve. Chris and Dan became best friends and athletes in arms. And this was... Such a difficult task. We can see, put the next, the next picture up. Dan, there's, there's Dan. Dan's coach. Remember, Dan had completed 15 Ironmans. 
That's intense. Chris's coach, excuse me, Dan's coach, Dan's coach. Dan went to his coach say, hey, coach, I'm, I'm training uh, I'm training an uh, individual. He's 20, he's 20 years old. He has Down syndrome. Put, can you put us together a plan? And Dan's coach said, I'm not going to put you together a plan for you to train because the failure of this is 100% certain. The coach of the 15 Iron Man said, I'm not going to touch it. But they trained anyway. But they kept moving. They kept going. They kept putting in the work. And on November 7th, 2020, the Ironman race begins. And before Chris stepped foot in the water on the first leg of the race, Chris's father looks at him and says, Son, no one gets in the way of your dreams. No one gets in the way of your dreams. And remember, the time limit is 17 hours. The dream, the mission was to finish the race. The 2.4-mile swim was completed without issues. In fact, Chris finished uh, this swim about 15 minutes ahead of schedule. He jumped on the bike and began to ride, and then tragedy struck. During a nutrition stop, when he, they had stopped to get some food and some water, Chris inadvertently stepped into a mound of fire ants. This is in Florida. Anybody ever had to deal with some fire ants? Dear God, have mercy. I can't even begin to describe the pain that these fire ants bring. Fire ants began to get in his shoe, all up in his leg. And they said by the time they got everything washed off and everything cleaned off, the swelling from the poison had already had set in and his foot had begun to swell. There was blisters, pockets full of poison all over his foot. But he put his shoes back on kept riding and he kept pushing and he kept pedaling and then something else happened ain't that usually what happens in life he, he was going too fast Chris took a turn too quickly and he dropped his bike he skinned up his knee he didn't damage the bike but he uh, Dan who's the coach was telling the story he said he jumped back up and began jumping up and down and said coach I fell I fell I fell and they celebrated what was seemingly a failure but the fact that he got up they celebrated they celebrated the fact hey we're still moving we're still going we're still in this thing And so they kept, they kept riding. They get to the race. They get to the, to the, to the marathon. And about, they were doing good until about mile 10. And fatigue begins to set in. And Chris, we, they, they, they could see him struggling. He, he had to wear a tether because they, they had to keep him on focus. And, 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 and he was dragging the, 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 the tether. He was not keeping up. He was not keeping pace. And so they brought Chris's father in. And Chris looks at his dad and says, Dad, I, I don't want my dream anymore. 
I don't want my dream. I don't. I can't do it. It hurts too bad. I can't. I can't go. But Chris, Chris's father says, "Son, we got to go. There's some dreams at the end of this at the end of this race. There's some things you've been working for. We've got to keep moving forward." And they they began to 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 they they picked up pace. And finally, after nearly 17 hours of grueling act of physical activity, he began to see the lights of the finish line, and he was greeted with cheers of friends and families and strangers. Chris gave it one last push. He gave everything he had into that last stretch. And as he crossed the finish line, he heard the words that he had bled for and cried for and sweat for and trained for. He heard Chris Nickett, you are an Iron Man. He finished the race in 16 hours, 48 minutes, and 9 seconds. Young person, I've come to tell you tonight that you have what it takes to cross the finish line. Come on, when you make up in your mind, come hell or high water, I am moving the mission. I don't care what I got to go through. I don't care what kind of hurt I got to deal with. I don't care what I got to cut off of my life. I've got to move the mission. standing 25 seconds over my time limit Pastor Anthony you know putting a clock up there for a preacher is just that's that's no good Barberton only gave me 25 minutes so I'll take this you have what it takes to cross the finish line listen to this when 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 Chris 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 said this when when somebody tells him that he can't do something Chris says I'm going to prove you wrong. And from the day, from the day he understood what training meant and, 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 and pushing himself, he had a mindset that says, no matter the hardships, I'm going to move the mission forward. No matter the, what I got to go through, no matter what others are doing in this situation, I am moving the mission. And because he moved the mission, countless others in his situation can experience the victory that comes when they set their mind to accomplish something great. I want to introduce you to a couple other people tonight. David and Kelly Dibble. I can throw that, the picture up there of, of them. David and Kelly Dibble. There they are. These are my wife's parents. They were actually able to be with us two weeks ago when we were in Barberton. David and Kelly Dibble, they are missionaries to Micronesia, to the Pacific Islands, to Guam. Pastor Ellis was there with them several years ago. My father-in-law says God's called us to paradise. It's tough work, but somebody's got to do it. 80 degrees every day. Play golf whenever he wants. But they are there moving the mission. My, my wife and I had a chance several years ago to go and, and preach and, and be, be with them for about a week. Throw, throw, throw the next slide up. This is just an example. There it is. Those faces you see right there are experiencing a move of God. 
because of giving to move the mission. The tears running down their face. The, ex- the experience that they're having is because my, par- my, 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 my in-laws have said, we are going to move the mission. We might have to move thousands of miles away from our family, but we are going to move the mission. And because of your giving to move the mission, because of your support, uh, you're helping my family, my, my in-laws keep the mission moving forward. Next slide. Next slide. That's their move the mission vehicle that I had the privilege of sitting in and riding in. And every time I stepped in, 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 and every time I got in that front seat, I thank God that we have people who are willing to move the mission. You may not be able to go, but you can give to move the mission. I'm sure we have other stories here tonight of people that have experienced Move the mission firsthand. Is there another picture of, their, of them up there? This is some, some other travel made possible. And you see, they don't have a lot. They see just a tent that they set up and there's plastic chairs. But yet they come because people are hungry to experience something that they've never experienced before. And because of your giving... And because of your support, uh, you make events like this possible. When you write that check, when you throw in that cash, when you fill that coin bank up, you are making a difference around the world. I looked at my father-in-law two weeks ago. And I said, I was uh, from, the, from the podium, from the pulpit. I looked at him and said, Dad, I'm not ever going to stop moving the mission. Uh, I'm not going to stop preaching the gospel. I'm not going to leave this truth message. Uh, I'm not going to stop preaching because I am going to continually move the mission. Come on, you may not be able to touch the, 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 the lives of teenagers all around the world, but you can start a P7 club in your high school, in your middle school. You may not be able to travel and see all the universities and sit in the great rooms of education around this world, but you can start a CMI chapter on your campus. I've come to challenge somebody tonight. Stop running from the mission. Come on, there's some, I feel the Holy Ghost. There's some callings that are being renewed right now. Come on, it's been a long time since we've been in an atmosphere like this together. And there's been times where you've been weary. And there's been some times where you felt like throwing in the towel. But here you are. Here you stand because you said, I'm going to keep the mission moving forward. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, 
or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.